Okay, so this morning, I, um, you've heard, you've probably heard that beauty inspires or creates inspiration. Beauty, it creates inspiration. Years ago, I heard this story of this uh, family moving into the slums, and I've never lived there. I don't, I, I kind of know, I think, what it might look like, but like all the houses, uh, there was no grass in the, in the yards, and it's just trash everywhere, and, and like nobody cared, and this family decided to bring beauty, and so they, they, they raked their lawn, they, they planted flowers, they started planting flowers in front of their, uh, by their house, and and then sowing grass and all of a sudden. But even just as they began starting, like planting flowers, they saw it started happening all over the neighborhood. And, they, and because the beauty is a powerful source of inspiration. All right. So I, that's just, uh, I wanted to share that with you because of um, um, a situation that I, I experienced this morning and the Lord spoke to me. So... Um, Many of you women can probably uh, relate to this, but, um, okay, so beauty inspires me. You know, nails, when, when women do their nails, I notice those things, and I love to see that, and because that's just who I am. I, I love beauty, and I appreciate it, so um, I like to have my nails done, and, but I'm hard on my nails, and so usually weekends is when I try to get my, you know, get a fresh coat of polish on my nails and but by midweek it's already chipping and by the end of the week I have to take it off usually I have time Sunday morning off and I take that time and just put a, a coat of polish on my nails and and sometimes I run out of time and I think okay just before I go out the door I'm going to do it and but I know that I have to be very careful because if I touch anything it's going to it's going to take it off it's going to it's going to uh you know, ruin it. And so that, this morning was one of those mornings. And so I looked around. So I've done it often enough that I know that I have to have everything ready to go so I don't have to mess, you know, the least amount of things with my hands. So I put everything in my bag and, and um, got my keys ready and laid it and put my shoes on, you know, all ready. So I then quickly did it. And, and then I get this, my phone bings, right? And it was in my side pocket of my phone and my purse. And I'm thinking, um, I'll just wait till I get there. Then I thought, well, it might be Yuri or somebody that needs me that I need to do something before I leave the house. So I'm thinking, okay, so how am I going to get it? If you loan my purse, it's a side pocket and it's, it's there. It's down in it. And I can't. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get it? And so I had this idea. You know, there's tongs in your kitchen cabinets. <laughs> So I just reach down there, and I get that, pull it up, and I lay it on my table to read it. And I heard, I felt the Lord smile at me, and I heard him say, you know, that's what happens when we are not willing to enter the process that he has us in, is that when we do it, and we don't want to go through the time that it takes that we're constantly trying to be careful that we don't nick our, you know, that, so, so that it, it, to try to keep, protect ourselves to, to look nice and to, so it doesn't damage. That was pretty good. I, um, by the way, I finally gave in and got my eyes tested. 
and I have to get, I get to get bifocals so I can wear them all the time. But I have to admit that it's been a month and I still haven't gotten the frames. And I'm realizing that it's a lot of insecurity. I mean, I have to change my looks and I'm going to look different. And I didn't realize how hard it's going to be for me to come into, you know, I, I'm looking at all these frames and you can actually take a picture of your face and you can put it on the computer and you can put these glasses on your face and everything is like, oh, I, oh, I don't, you know, yeah. This is really hard, and I've decided that I'm going to do it because it is, and my, light, my world is a little blurry. It, you know, you look fine. You look amazing, you know. No wrinkles, just, you know, it's like soft focus. Everything is in soft focus. <laughs> but I also realize that I, I, am, I, I don't get to take in the, the, the beauty, the, the, the clarity, because when she was testing my eyes, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can read. Like, I, I can, yeah, I can see, like, the leaves <laughs> very clearly. It's, you know, it's amazing. So I'm going to do this so I don't always have to um, take it off and on because I get headaches when I am, like, I don't know. I, I, so I'm hoping that I have to get used to these new glasses. So, yeah, I have to change my looks. Um, so this morning, um, I had a dream, and I often get dreams Sunday mornings, and I realize, too, because I tend to, I always get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because my dog gets me up, and she wants to be let out, and I feed her. But Sunday mornings, Yuri gets up at 5, and so I just kind of have gotten in the habit. I, I let, he takes her down and takes care of her, and I just fall back to, to sleep, and that's when I often have dreams. And this morning, I didn't, my dreams are normally, they're God dreams, and they're really powerful, but this morning, it was a lot of negative in, my, in that dream, and I was doing a lot of things wrong. I was messing up. And I woke up, and I um, had this, un, un, it was just, un, you know, unrest, and I went downstairs and shared it with Yuri, and he prayed for me. But I also realized that it didn't affect me the same as it used to. I knew that I have, I'm growing, I'm coming into things, and I'm willing to sit with my uncomfortableness because I've understood why it's there and what God is wanting to do. Um, we were singing this song, uh, I love you, Lord, my strength, my shield, my rock. And I just had to realize, you know, we, we sing these songs and that is what our heart is wanting. But it doesn't just happen because we decide. It is something that happens inside of us. And we learn to trust God in a way that, that is formed in us and we become that. And that's, that's a reality. And... Um, when I had that, so this morning when I was, when I, after I, I was processing uh, my dream, the dream, I, I was asking God, well, I asked myself, why do I do this? Why do I get up here and speak to you guys? Why do I want to do it? Why, what is it that, why does God ask me to do it? Because it's so much easier just to sit back there and listen. And because it, I, have to, I have to be willing to, to um, go on very uncomfortable places inside me. And 
and I, because I'm not a teacher, I'm not, so I had to learn what my message is. I had to learn what is God calling me to. I honestly, I didn't even bring my Bible with me to this morning. I, 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 that is, I, didn't, I just thought of it. I just brought this. And there's no Bible scripture on here. And some people might judge me with that because I am in the house of the Lord and I'm speaking and I'm not given a Bible scripture. But I didn't get it. I didn't get a Bible scripture when I was getting this message. But see, God is all through this because what I realized, what I'm called to is to share what it looks like to connect with your heart, how to be vulnerable, because, and, and, and how to have a relationship with God and each other. That is my, that's what I am. That's who, that's my, even my personality type is about, I, I am, my strength or my motivation is, is relationships. Okay, so that's who I am. God made me that way. And yesterday I was, I was um, t- t- spending time, you know, wanting to get my message. And, and, and I always have to share what God is doing in the now. I'm, I, all these years that I've walked with God... I could never, I've, I've, I've been in a process. I, I'm always like tuned in with what something that God is doing in me, always. And uh, there are seasons when he, it's kind of quiet. I'm not hearing anything, but I also have learned that that's just a season. It's a winter season. There's a death, and then there will be coming a resurrection, and that's also part of the journey. But um, the Lord, um, so what the Lord has been doing in me now is like uh, a, a lot of um, taking apart and, and, and bringing me into things. And I realized I don't have all the pieces. And I can't give you my revelation or my, my message if I don't have the, if, it, if it's not cohesive. And you know what I'm saying? I, I need to give you, I need to inspire you. I need to give you an end result. Okay, and that's not where I'm in right now. So the Lord reminded me that in the fall I had sh- shared my part of my testimony, and um, I'm going to share more of my testimony today. And so I I have shared the fact that uh, the Lord showed me that my walk with God had been in 12-year increments. And the first 12 years, I was in the nursery. And that's where I learned how to walk and talk and feed myself, among other things. It's, it's where we learn to communicate as a child, where we have parents, we have you know, people around us that love us, and they're, and they're encouraging us, and they're affirming us, and, and we are like learning to do all these things, all these things as a toddler that in our Christian walk that that happens too we but the thing is we don't we're not standing we're learning identity okay the first step in identity we're learning and the more every time I go back and kind of like unpack this I'm finding more and I think I'm going to write a book someday about this part of my journey um, because I'm realizing uh, I heard, the Lord said many Christians never lose, leave the nursery and um, they don't want, and, and because they just want to, 
they don't have to be responsible much. They're just learning, discovering the world, discovering their gifts. They're, you know, they're just discovering their, um, you know, learning how to talk and do that first step. But um, the next uh, step is, you know, it talks about that we are under governor, uh, governor, governess and tutors and governors. Yeah, there's scripture that I didn't look up. But it has something like that. It talks about that, that we're under teachers and it talks about, yeah. So that's what the Lord began telling me that uh, the next season in our life is when he sends us to school. And you know how we tell our, our, our children um, when they go to school and all of a sudden they're out of their safety realm. And they come home and they have all these insecurities and things like that. And we as parents, we help them process. But we can't go fight their battles in the classroom with them anymore. And so we have to teach them how to do it. And that is the season that we are, that's the next step in our growth. And that is where it gets very uncomfortable. And that's when we want to just run ahead and not let the polish dry on your, you know, you want to try to do it without spending time and letting God do this work. But um, in my first uh, 12 years, when I was in the nursery season, uh, there was a very, Yuri, the Lord laid on Yuri's heart to give me permission to find my, to set me free, to find my identity. And that was very, very um, important for my walk that I, that he let me, he didn't even know what he was doing when he said that, when the Lord asked me, he didn't know because I was, um, it was very scary for him to see me growing. And he's like, what if she decides she finds her identity and, and she does, she decides she doesn't want to be with me anymore. You know, he had to settle those. Those were insecurities in Yuri that, that he had to settle with. And during that time, we often have, we go by open or closed doors, you know, you know, we pray, God, if this is your will, just open the door. If it's not your will, close the door. And he lets us, that's good. But there comes a season when that changes. And, um, and often he starts the season, he starts taking us apart before we enter into this next season. And mine began when um, I, uh, my family started asking me, uh, my kids opened it up first and said, Mom, we should have another baby. And I'm like, oh, man, I, my life is pretty good. They're all in school and... and I like it. You know, I have this freedom, and why would I want to have another baby? I had all these reasons why I wouldn't want to be get pregnant again. And, and then Yuri got on board, and he's like, I think God wants us to have another baby. And I really had to wrestle with this because I'm, I'm like, okay, the world is so crazy, and how, why would I want to bring another child in this, in this uh, world, you know? And then you know, there's all these insecurities and all these reasons why it wouldn't it's not this is not God asking me to do this and um and it was a real I really was wrestling with this and until I heard the Lord say you need to start he said it's your choice if you want to have a baby or not he said this the time is coming when my people need to hear my voice and obey and not just go by open and closed doors anymore and I'm like okay. 
and because one of the things that, that, I, that I encountered uh, when I got born again was, well, right in that process, I heard God's voice. And what a, I realized what a gift that was to me. I didn't have this amazing experience that Yuri did, you know, with his instant, you know, he, he, he encountered God in a powerful way. And mine was, I just heard God's voice. And I didn't, I thought I missed out because mine wasn't this big experience. But I'm realizing that was the greatest gift that I could ever have. That was the greatest encounter that I could ever ask for, is to hear his voice and being and learning to obey. And I actually, I, I would encourage anybody here, everybody here, if you do not hear God's voice in a, in, a, in a clear way, that is number one. You need to practice listening to God's voice. Because I don't think you can get in, you can't, you can't go to the second step if you're not hearing God's voice. You're going to be... You're going to be left behind. I mean, you're going to have to have somebody else hear God's voice for you. And this doesn't go, you can't be sent off to school with somebody at your side hearing God, I mean, interpreting, you know, and fighting your battles. Is this making sense? If you guys are getting, okay. Okay, so I finally decided, I heard the Lord say when he said, you know, I have all these little Babies that are going to be born, I have destined, they're destined to be born. In, and he said, you have a choice that you can raise if you, to raise one of those. Because if you don't, somebody else will. Whoa, that broke me. I mean, that just like cut me through. And I'm like, oh my goodness, no, I can't let anybody else raise my little, which is now, you know, as Zach. I need to. And so... I, 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 I um, yielded, and it's been, so that was my first, um, that was my initiation into this next season. But what I didn't realize, we moved, and while I was pregnant, and that was the worst pregnancy that I ever, that I had, and it, it was horrible. I actually, when, when Zach was born, I was surprised how beautiful and perfect he was. Because in the back of my mind, I, it, it, I, it was a horrible experience. The whole, the whole pregnancy was 12 years between the last two. Everything was horrible. And it, and I, and it, and it, um, it plunged me into a deep depression. And it lasted for two years. But see, what I realized that um, I'd never been depressed. I did not know what that, what that felt like. It was a hormonal thing. I realized that it was a hormonal thing. But God used um, a lot of situations in my life. And, um, and, and I'm so grateful because um, he usually gives us something that will help us show up. And my little baby helped me show up every day. I showed up for him. Yuri was just sharing something this morning that God was showing him when he went through his de- uh, depression the Lord had something in his life that, he, that caused him to show up, too. Um, so in that journey, um, what I realized... See, when I look back, when at the time, you don't understand everything that's going on. But when I look back, I see how God had my back. And I realized that he laid a foundation in those first 12 years for me to stand on to coming into this next season in my life. He never asked us... To, to, to come into something that he hasn't equipped us to do. He never does that. He takes the time to lay that foundation. And uh, I remember um, when I was going through a, 
Okay, I'm, I'm being vulnerable. I'm just going to be honest. And because I know you guys are not going to judge me because you love me, you know, and I feel that. But during those two years, I very seldom cracked that Bible. Every time I did, it was dead. It, nothing. It didn't speak to me. Nothing spoke to me. I didn't pray much. I, uh, I was, it was like I was wanting to go to bed and wait till it's all over, till I wake up and I'll live again. But all the time, I knew that God didn't judge me. I knew God was taking me something through something. I did not have any condemnation because God had laid that foundation in me that I learned those first 12 years. I learned I can't earn my way to God. Believe me, I tried. If anybody could have been a super Christian, it would have been me of my efforts because I tried, if it went, if it, if it depended on your efforts. But I learned that I can't earn my way there. There's nothing I can do. And I was waiting, and I knew God had me in this place. I didn't understand it, but I trusted him. And I didn't, and the devil couldn't condemn me. So I was kind of going through my, just my life in waiting. And one time I said, it feels like I, I, I have, I'm dead and I'm buried. I'm waiting for resurrection. You know, things come out of my mouth that I didn't even realize it. And that's why I think it's so important for us to have somebody that we can process with, that we can share what we're feeling, even the negative things, that that, that person doesn't, doesn't need to fix it or have answers for you, that they can be okay with you being there. If you're not, if you don't have it, if you're not a processor, a verbal processor, then maybe um, even just journaling, getting it out there because so many things that I voiced and then later I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what he did. He did that. He was at work. And, and because I voiced it, it was in my memory and I knew that when the dots connected and I knew what he was doing. But I, re- but, but I, I remember when I, would, uh, when I would meet up with somebody and I started talking and I felt good. I felt happy. And, and later I, I, I would come home and I would tell Yuri, I feel like I have an arm out of the grave. I'm starting to. Something's starting to happen. I ha- like my arm <laughs> is out of the grave, you know. But, but it happened. And I remember, as many of you know, Becky Marking. And she would have meetings at, at another at a church in the, in the area, and I would show up, and I remember I would I would be in the in the um, worship, and I'd just cry. I didn't know why. I, I tears would just come down, and I would just cry and cry and cry, and but that was a, a time when something was being awakened. So when you, when you experience that, don't try to figure it out. Just know God is doing something, and maybe you'll the Lord will show you then later. What is really happening? But, um, but she would speak to me. She, I would come home, and I feel like I, I felt different. I didn't, couldn't understand it, but I felt different. So slowly, I began to um, come back to life and have a passion and a vision. And, and I realized when you're depressed, you're, you, hope is gone. And, and that was that next year, the Lord showed, said, that's the first time I actually heard a, a word when the Lord began. For a, a long season, the Lord gave me a word every he still does every year, and he says, this is what I'm doing in you, and that was hope. I, I realized I needed hope, but also when uh, I came out of that, when I started coming out of that season, I realized that I feel different, and it's like I'm not standing on Yuri's foundation anymore. I didn't know that I was 
on Yuri's foundation before. I didn't know. But it makes sense. Um, I was his first um, disciple, you know. He poured everything into me, those, you know, when we first got saved. And I didn't realize that I, I, you know, I was on his foundation. But when I came through this, I really felt like I'm there. And I can't, I can't describe it. Like, I can't really put words. I'd love to kind of unpack this more. But it's like I was standing on my own foundation. It had to do with my identity. And then he launches me into this school. And I see, see, as parents, we prepare our children for school. So there's a certain foundation, and it is about learning their identity, being responsible. And then they go to school, and they have to fight their, learn how to fight their battles. And um, so one of the things that, that the Lord uh, did was um, I had an opportunity to um, be part of a business. It was uh, uh, like a... Um, we would demonstrate a product. I would have to show up in front of a bunch of women. And it was a good opportunity because I wanted to help with our finances, but it was very uncomfortable. Oh, my goodness. I would, like, I'd have, you all know what I'm talking about, these, these uh, home bi- uh, businesses, uh, parties that you come, you come to somebody's house, and, and you had to stand in front, and you had to do this demonstration. And every time I did it, I'm like, why am I doing this? Well, but God used it to, to, to have me f- begin facing my insecurities. He had me in it for nine years, nine years. And I'm like, well, when that was over, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that's behind me. Because I'm not a salesman. I, I like people. And I'm, <laughs> that really stretched me. But I remember... Um, I, I, I would, it's, it would really like uh, just anxiety and th- different things that I had to face. But I remember when, one afternoon I was on my way to some, a lady's house. And um, I mean, I had to learn how to, we didn't have GPSs. I had to like, I had to go places that I had like, I was living in New Philly. I had to go all the way to North Canton, sometimes to Cleveland. I mean, that is scary. For a, a, somebody that doesn't, isn't used to, like, go, going out on their own and knowing their way. And so Yuri would, like, Google Maps, and I'd have to I'd get him to draw out a, pa- a map for me every turn I had to, on my paper, you know. And finally, you know, I pray, God, help me get there. And, it, it, you know, it's a lot of stress, right? And, but I remember that one time I went, I was going, I was headed on my way, and I was feeling with this nervousness, and all of a sudden, I felt like the sun came into my car, and it was like peace, and, and it was so different. I felt, oh, I can do this. Why am I so hard on myself? And it was like peace came in, and, and so there was like a big shift, but I, it would never, ha- and then I, it was like very confident, and all of a sudden, it was like easy for me to do. And, and, and again, it, it, that is like, why do I share these stories? It's because if I can help you understand what is happening in your life, whenever you encounter something negative, don't run from it. Don't, you know, so, so many of us, we believe or we think that in order for us to have peace, we have to control the outside. We have to have everything peaceful out here. We, I was one that didn't want to, um, Confrontation. I didn't like confrontation. 
I just like go, just be nice. Just, just behave, me behave so that everybody's okay with me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you had to be willing to show up and deal and confront confrontation, right? And so, um, but we never discover identity and the potential if you are not willing to go where you're not comfortable and, be, and hear God and understand what God is wanting to do. And then you, you get to lean into it and, and um, because it, it is all, it's really all attached to our learning to trust God with our lives. And it has to do with us being willing to be vulnerable, to be, uh, to go there, and where where we're feeling the the insecurities, the 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 fears, we have to be willing to go there, and not to try to con- you know or 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 control. We don't want to. There's others with different personality that need to control everything so that um, they are you know in order to walk in peace. So you're either a controller or you're you're, you are a wimp, you know, and you roll over and you just run and just try to be every, what everybody wants. Neither one of those are good. It's not. Um, so another area that God dealt with me was my body image. And um, as I've shared this before, is that as a child in a big family, I was the only child that was chubby. And um, your brothers, they soon under figure out that they can get you where it hurts, right? They, they come up with, and it's not their problem. I mean, it's not, it's just natural what happens. So as a young child, I was made fun of and called names. And I believed a lie that, well, then as a teenager, I got introduced to dieting. And I did it, and I lost the weight, and all the name-calling stopped. So what do you think the devil did with that? He, 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 he gave me a lie, that I, that I believed a lie, that if I was slender, then I will be acceptable. But if I gain weight, people will reject me. And I believed that. And, and I was a compulsive dieter. I was a yo-yo dieter. I was on a diet and off a diet and on a diet. And I was every day I got up with a plan. Every, that was always on in my mind, always about my body image, about rejection. And so it is, so the Lord had to go there and he had to uncover that thing. And if we're not, you know, if we're so consumed and we want to control it, he can't go there because it's a deeper wound than what it appears. He has to go deeper. So at that time, I had, uh, I was actually a little heavier than I am now, believe it or not, but I was like 30 pounds overweight, and I had been able to manage all my weight really well after I lost all that weight. I mean, I had three babies and then lost all the weight, and I was a size, oh, uh, there's every so often I see a woman, I'm like, that was me, that's who I am inside here, that's who I am. Um, and then I got pregnant with Zach and I got the weight and I put on like 30 pounds and I couldn't get it off. It wouldn't work. And I struggled with that and I didn't want to go, you know, I didn't want to go in public and, and, um, 
the Lord brought this lie to the surface, and he said, you got to break that lie because people love you no matter, you know, you, you got to love yourself and accept yourself and so that people can love you. And so he broke that lie and uh, through just a lot of revelation, and I was okay, but I still obviously carried, you know, I still had some dresses in my closet that I was going to get back into. You know, and the Lord, um, he doesn't have a problem with that. But sometimes, so many times with a situation that you're believing God and you're wanting breakthrough, um, he, if he gave us what we wanted, if he would have let me live it back and, and get into, into that, those, that size again, I would have settled with a slender body, but I would have been total unhealthy because I, at the time, was all about calories in, calories out. If I wanted a piece of pie, that was my lunch. Maybe two pieces, but... I'm just saying. I had no clue what it meant to be healthy. But God began dealing, taking me on a pattern about healthy. It's like, I want you to have a healthy body inside and out. I don't want you, you know. So, so many times in our situations that we're believing God for, we wanted to break through. He wants, the same way with addictions. Well, food is actually an addiction too. But addictions is just what it is. It, it, it is it's, a, it's a fruit of something. It's not, you can take care, you can manage that addiction and still be, uh, even when I, um, my lightest that I was ever, after I had Christy, I was 45 pounds lighter than I am now. I look good, I'm just saying. <laughs> I like pictures of myself. I just felt confident and good. But even in the back of my mind, I felt overweight. I felt that I was that same person that I was 45 pounds heavier. Same. And the Lord began showing me that there's something deep, that there's a wound, that's an emptiness, that God wants to go in there and fill up and heal and and so all of a sudden, I had to be willing to go there, spent the time letting my nails dry, right? Being willing to not just have a quick fix for something. You know how often that we do that? We want a quick fix. We just want to go do this, and then I'm okay. And God is like, loves us so much, and he is preparing us for something great, for greatness, he wants us healed and restored, and not just that, but having our dreams, living into our dreams, he, and, and, and not be afraid to go to dream big. And to, to and it, there's a cost, which I, I said that, I, I shared a little bit on um, Mother's Day, I think, that, that whenever there's elevation or you want to live into your dreams, you have to be courageous, and there's a price that you have to pay. But one of the things, too, that God began showing me is that he always shows us what our destiny is. Like, okay, this is something that I'm just unpacking and I can't go there. But um, when Jesus was, was in the garden and, he, and he, he was getting ready to go to the cross, and he, he, he asked God, he asked the Father, if it would be your will, take this from me. He didn't want to have to go through that. But why did he do that? It wasn't just because he's going to be obedient to God. And he wanted to try to hold on to his peace. That was me a lot. But God wanted, but he had a prize that was set before him. He had a vision of, and a dream of what he, he knew what he was going to gain. And that was the world. He was going to, 
He was going to, he, he was doing this for all of us because, and we don't even understand really what that means, but that was a powerful treasure. And so that's what God is wanting to give to us is when he asks us to pay the price, to go the distance, to show up, to face our insecurities, to, to stop blaming other people for, because we're mad or we're having a bad day that we, st- we are willing to sit with this and start going where, God, why am I feeling this? What, and, you, and actually welcoming that, those emotions, and not running from it, because this is, God is so faithful, and it's only when he un- unveils those and brings it to the surface that we can actually get healing and restoration. And, you know, because not just to get healed, but to come into our identity, So another area, what time is it? Ooh, I better hurry up. I better, okay. Shoot. I was wondering how I'm going to feel a half hour. All right. So, so another one is um, I, I, I had training for, for, for inner healing. And, uh, and, and uh, Jenny Gerber, I was under her training. It was really good. And I began doing this and meeting with women. And all of a sudden, it's like I... I, I, I People came to me and they started opening up to me and they started sharing their problems with me and I was helping them. And I remember one time I was in a small group and we were talking about something and I was sharing this and I'm like, I'm really good at this. And initially I'm like, why? I mean, because we were always taught you can't say anything good about yourself or that you're good at or because you're bragging. But honestly, it's about finding identity. And it felt okay for me to say, I'm good at this. But then what happened was, um, I, that's all I was doing. You know, I'd show up at church and a dozen people would be lined up talking to me to help me because I was hearing God for them. And, I, and, and, and it was like, it was depleting me. And I began going into, uh, like, I felt like I was having a mental breakdown because I, I, I wasn't able to uh, get alone time enough and to build myself up again. And, um, and then I had this epic dream, and, and this, I was um, at a local, uh, I, I just want to tell you this story. It's so amazing how, how, how dreams happen, and it's so powerful. Um, I was taking my car over to a church that I was taught, that, that trained me for this, for this leadership. And I come back into, into the back, and then when it was time for me to go, I realized that I was locked in this um, enclosed, like a, a fenced in, in the back of the church, and it was all locked, and I can't get my car out. So I decided that I am going to, the back door of the church was open, so I decided I'm going to drive my car through the church out the front door. So I did. I, I, this is in my dream. So I drove my car in, in through the sanctuary, down the steps, into the foyer. And then I realized that the front door was locked. So I'm like, how am I going to get this thing out? And so I thought, well, I have to wait till morning. And so I just laid on my car and, and, and went to sleep. And then the next morning I wake up and I noticed people were there and they were like opening up and they were totally ignoring me like they didn't see me. And, and I'm like, I saw that the doors are open, so I decided I'm going to drive my car out. And I, then I went out in the parking lot, and I thought, well, I should probably go because Ginny Gerber was in there. And I thought I should probably tell her what I was doing in there. So I go back, and, and um, 
and I told her what had happened. She's like, she's looked at me like she didn't quite understand what I'm trying to say to her. So I said, okay, anyway, that's what happened. So I, I go out again. And then when I come out in a, in a parking lot, my car was gone. I couldn't find my car. And then I'm looking around, and then there was my son, my older son. He was in this van, and he had a bunch of uh, young guys with him. And, and, and I went to him, and I said, Eric, did you see my car? And he's like, what are you talking about, Mom? And I said, well, I told him the whole story. This is all in my dream. I told him the whole story. And I said, did you see it? I just brought it out. And he's like, Mom, what are you talking about? You totaled your car. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm losing my mind. This is all my illusion. This has never happened. This is in my dream. Okay, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going crazy. And, and, and Eric said, Mom, maybe you should go talk to Jenny. She can help you process this. (laughs) I wake up. I wake up the next morning, and we were actually out in Reading. There was about six uh, couples of us, and um, we were attending. We were staying at this house, and we were attending a conference, and it was like so real, and I I told Yuri, and I said, what does this mean? I knew it was something, and he's like, I'm I'm not quite sure, so we were sitting at breakfast, and I was just sharing what was happening, and everybody was saying, I feel like the Lord, okay, so I know that when a vehicle often represents a ministry, and in this dream, my vehicle was totaled, and I, and they said, I really believe that you need a sabbatical, and I, I think, Yuri, we were like, our church was growing in such a way that, that um, it didn't make sense that I would step back, that I would, I don't know if Yuri would have, like, thought that it was a God thing if I didn't have that dream. It didn't make sense of all the, when the, 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 the height of a growth that I would step down and take a sabbatical. But that's what God was asking me to do, and I did that. And it was such an amazing, because there's a lot of death, and that's actually uh, during that time then that I got my first trip to Peru. And when I went there, um, God birthed something in me. This was the end of my 12 years, right? And he started taking me apart this whole next year. And it was so amazing that God so lays a foundation in us. And then he lets us grow. He grows on that foundation to the next season. Then he starts taking us apart. And we haven't lost any ground at all. We have, he, he, he gave us something that we can stand and he gave us enough identity that we can stand on it. But every time we come into a new season, it's like, God, I have no idea how to do this. But I look back and I've learned to trust. And this is something, this is, I'm going to close with this. One of the things that I, the biggest thing that I learned through this second season in my life was that I found myself saying, I didn't know it was possible to trust God this much because my whole narrative shifted and I understood that whenever I didn't have any more problems in my life, there were only opportunities for me, for God to unveil his heart to me. It was so powerful because after that, whenever I would come into negative situations, I would ask God, what is it that you're doing here? How can I align myself with what you're doing? And I would then, that was my focus, is to leaning into hope and peace. Anyway, I am going to, I could share like 
a lot of stuff, but hopefully a little bit of my story can inspire you to go at those and be okay to sit with the uncomfortable parts of us. When, when, God, when God begins moving in our hearts and we become, it becomes very in, uncomfortable, very insecure, remind yourself God does never intends us to be victims. And no, in, you know, if your husband isn't listening to God or your wife isn't listening to God and you're wanting to, to, to do, you know, you want to lean into God and you're feeling like, I can't, I can't, you know, my life is kind of hijacked because I have to wait till my husband or my wife gets their, their act together. No, God, God actually custom designs our life because he knows everything that's going to happen in our lives and all the people in our lives. He custom designs our life so that we get to grow in every season that we're into. We're never, never victims. And so when there's hopelessness is when we need to ask God to give us hope, to give us vision. And when we begin getting God's narrative, we hear, we hear God's perspective, we can, that gives us hope and faith to begin leaning into what he's wanting us to do and what he's doing in us. All right, so I'm just going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for each one of us, Lord. And Lord, I just ask that your grace would penetrate everybody's heart, like in their mind, in their body, Father God, that they would understand that there never have to be victims, that you are right there, and you have a plan and a purpose, and that, Lord, that that not only do they, they, they don't get good at dying to self, but they would be willing to be resurrected, that they don't have to control the narrative, but they can trust, Lord, and let go of control. Lord, we just release grace into all of the people here, Father, and our families, Lord, that we can become all that you have us to become to, and that we have grace to hear your voice and respond and obey, Father, in Jesus' name.